season's over. We're sitting at six and six, feeling a little disappointed. We're going to get into the ups and downs of a chaotic 2023 season on today's show. You are locked on Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On BC. I am your host, AJ Black. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. All right, on today's show, we're going to get into more about the Miami game. BC is blown out 45 20. If you want a full game recap, go find our episode from Friday afternoon. It was me and Mitch. We broke down what was a disappointing end to, let's be frank, a disappointing season. Now, on today's show, I kind of want to look at the ups and downs of the season. You know, it, there's still one more game. BC's going to go to a bowl. And un, un, unfortunately for some fans who think BC should decline a bowl, which, I, as I said earlier, is ludicrous. They should never decline a bowl. Um, BC's going to end up at a bowl. And at 6-6, six and six, they probably won't end up in anything spectacular with potentially Fenway and the Pinstripe Bowl being off the table and BC forced to play in, like, the Gasparilla Bowl or the Birmingham Bowl. So get excited for some of those games, right? Well, we're, I want to talk about, we'll do a segment on the positives of this up from this upcoming season, uh, this previous season, excuse me, and down the downside to this last season. So before I get into the positives and negatives, I need to caveat this whole conversation with the white elephant in the room, okay? BC finished six and six. six, and six. Not a a very positive year. Again, they didn't finish above 500. But the biggest piece that was frustrating about this year, a year BC played three teams total that finished over 500. The Eagles finished with a 6-6 and record. They played a baby soft schedule with bad teams up and down their schedule. I mean, from UConn to Army, to even the ACC teams that they played, like Pitt, you know, this was tailor-made. You avoided Clemson. You avoided some of the teams like NC State and UNC this year. And you still only won six games. So all of these statistics have a little asterisk next to them because when you're comparing this year to other years, unless you're looking at a year, you know, another fluky year, BC's played a harder schedule almost every other season that they've played. That's what makes this year so hard is that BC had every opportunity to win eight or nine games and they failed. That that's the bottom line. There's no other way of looking at that. And they can spin, you know, people can spin and the coaching staff can spin and the players can spin. But when you didn't beat any teams with a record over 500, you only played three of them. Two of them pounded you to, to 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 uh, gravel the other one you played pretty well against that doesn't say much about your program but we're gonna start with the positives I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna get down the, the rabbit hole being super negative this whole time so looking at this season what were some of the positives that came up from this year the first I have to say is a bit of resilience and it's an intangible but when you started the season off one in three, you lost to NIU. You got 
rocket shipped by Louisville and you almost beat FSU, but you lost to them too. And you barely beat Holy Cross, but then you go off and rip off five straight wins. That does say something about your team. I know, I know those teams were bad teams and you didn't really beat them. I mean, some of those wins were, were fluky, like the army win. They could, they probably should have lost that game. The Yukon win that, that was a lot closer than it needed to be. But that being said, weaker teams fold and I'm going to give them credit for that five game stretch. This team did not fold and they played tough. They gave, they gave us a little bit of, of life. You know, fans were back into it. You know, the, the talk of the path, you know, Thomas Castellanos, we all kind of got uh, roped into a lot of the hype about him. And we'll talk about a bit about him in a minute too. But I feel like that resiliency, that piece that happened in the middle of the season was good. The other big positive was the offensive line was fixed and, and not just fixed, but became very good. Now you had, you know, I can't over, I can't make it any clearer how bad the offensive line was last year. And it partially was due to the coaching staff doing a horrible job of addressing depth issues after you knew your guys were leaving. And maybe it was NIL, maybe it was other things. They just couldn't get guys in. But injuries also hit. And you were playing, you know, guys that had no business starting, you know, every single game. And you had multiple different starting lineups. So the offensive line was a wreck. It caused issues in the passing game, running game. It was just all disaster. Jeff Halfley, to his credit, and I know folks don't want to give him any credit right now, but I will give him credit that he did the right thing on three different things for the offensive line this offseason. We'll, we'll give him four, actually. We'll give him four things he did great with. One, he brought he, he, he was probably integral in keeping Christian Mahogany back. That was big. He could have left. He could have gone into the transfer portal. He did not. That was good. He brought in Logan Taylor, who was fine. Not great? Fine. Kyle Hergel, minus the, the one or two stupid penalties he was due with you know, basically every game was good. A humongous upgrade over what they had at guard last year. And number four, and once BC fans have to eat crow on Matt Applebaum came back and he did a great job. He was the best coach on this team this year. He, he was why it was what Broyles semifinalist. He brought the offensive line back to where it needs to be. And, and honestly, it, folks have been asking me, like, if there's a coach that could leave, you know, obviously the defensive side of the ball, I'd worry about maybe them if, if Halfley's still here and this is Sunday night and I haven't heard anything about any changes there. I would think there'd be changes on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think any of the coaches on the defensive side of the ball will be poached. <laughs> After this year, that's not happening. I do think if a team needs a good offensive line coach, Matt Applebaum might be a name they might look at. That's the one coach I think they could leave after this year. Everyone else is kind of like, meh. They don't need any of those guys, right? So the offensive line this year, BC for most of the year until things kind of fell off the end. at the end, was able to run the ball. They had the second best rushing offense in the ACC. They were running the ball very effectively. You know, against some of the weaker teams, Thomas Castellanos had all day in the pocket. Um, it, it really made a big difference. So that pass rush, I mean, that pass defense was – right on the money. <clears throat> and those are my two big positives. That's about all I got. 
And I will also add a, a little note here. I will say for Thomas Castellanos, earlier this year, I, I went crazy. I thought this guy was going to be the second coming of, of um, Kyler Murray. I think it's a little bit, a little bit, well, let's say very much premature. He's shown a lot. And if he can improve, if he can develop, if Shimko and Chud can develop him, he could be very good. But he's still got a long way to go. I mean, his, honestly, like, I know pro football focused, it's up and down in terms of what you think of them. He was graded like an 86 for his game against Miami. I mean, those two interceptions were not his fault. Um, or at least, I mean, they were, obviously they were his fault, but they weren't like as egregious as some of the other interceptions he's thrown. And he made some better throws. He looked a lot more confident running. He had his moments. He's got a ways to go. We'll just leave it at that. Now, in our second segment, let's get away from the positives and get all down and dirty in that negative negativity. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Now, game time. If you are like me, you love going to the movies. You love going to theater. You love going, to, you know, to anything that is live, you know, games. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. With killer last-minute deals, GameTime has all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Now, I've been looking to see if I could get tickets to um, Christmas Pops. You know who has it? GameTime. With easy-to-buy tickets, I can find what seats I want, make sure I get my family nice and close. And the best part I love is their tickets. You look at the price, that's what you're paying. There's no hidden fees. There's no... You know, you're not paying an, an extra arm and a leg when you go and sign out. It's easy to use. And the best part, you just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Again, I'm telling you, download the Game Time app. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code S-L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. This is Locked On BC, the only daily Boston College podcast. I've been doing this for years. I've had guests. We have Mitch. Mitch will be back on again tomorrow to talk about expectations for the BC football program and where our fan base should be at. But I also run a site called Eagle Insider. And right now, for the next two days, we have 75% off our yearly subscription. You can get Expert hockey coverage, expert football coverage, game recaps, film analysis, recruiting news, transfer portal updates, everything for about $22 a year. How are you going to beat that? It's $2 and 20 something cents a month. If you want to support us, this is the perfect time. The info to sign up is in the description of this episode. Sign up today. It's a way to treat yourself. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm going to say that right now. Now, let's look at the the the, the, the negative negative aspects because this season has been a roller coaster. As much as you want to like look at the five game win streak and the fact that BC until November was in the hunt for the ACC championship, there was there's a lot of things that you were like, oh, there were there were negative negative spots, right? And the biggest issue and the one that I want to highlight the most in terms of issues is the defensive side of the ball. 
BC's defense lacked lacked that oomph that you needed to win games. They they also lacked talent in major in major areas, and, and some players that you were hoping would uh, progress never did. I look at the secondary, and in if you were to tell me in August that your final game, your starting secondary would be John Pupil, um, CJ Klingscales, Max Tucker, and Amari Jackson, and Kari, I think Kari Johnson was the starting other starting safety. I would have said you're nuts. <laughs> I mean, Jackson and, and Johnson, sure. The fact that you had CJ Klingscale, a five six defensive back who used to play running back, uh, going against some of those those defense uh, wide receivers on Miami, and that you had no other options other than that. I don't know what happened to Jalen Cheek; he just disappeared. Um, is is worrisome, and again, I go back to this is an issue that was caused by the uh, you know player attrition. Twenty twenty two was an issue because BC. Lost a ton of offensive linemen and weren't able to to deal with it in the transfer portal. 2023 was the exact same issue, but it was at in the secondary. Before the season, you lost Josh DeBerry, C.J. Burton, Jason Matry. You lost all of them to the transfer portal. I was asking Mitch on 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 uh, text. I'm like, what would this team have been like if you had those three guys in your secondary? And he goes, it would have been a very different defense. It's because, not to rip on the kids, but Halfley tried in the transfer portal. And I don't know if it was a NIL deal issue or he just was unable to evaluate the right types of players, but he brought in Alex Washington, who flamed out after three games and, and transferred out. He never even made it you know, to October from Harvard. He brought in Victor Nelson Jr., a, a nice guy, but very limited safety who had troubles throughout the season. And I'm uh, Kari Johnson, who uh, was hurt for good chunks. He played with the club. He was out for the, you know, he also had that big touchdown against Florida State, but wasn't really, I mean, he's not the same level as some of these other guys that you had before. So your secondary took a huge step backwards. And then you added injuries. Yet whatever the heck happened to Elijah Jones, we don't know what happened to him. You lost Jalen Cheek, I guess. I don't know what happened to him either. So you had guys that go up and they go down. Your defense struggled because of that. And I, I was, you know, th- there was other issues as well. But I think the secondary was a big reason why your pass rush was terrible. Because you couldn't stop anyone, so they could just get rid of the ball fast. They couldn't cover anyone, so there was no time. Like, you didn't get coverage sacks ever. I mean, you didn't get sacks, period. But sometimes good secondaries can cause the front line to play better. But when when your secondary struggles all year long, you're you're not going to get pressures either. So it was kind of a twofold issue there. You get your secondary, your pass rush was awful. I mean... 12 sacks the entire year. Six of them came in one game against UVA. That means over 11 games, you had six sacks. That is not going to win you many games. And it's going to be a humongous liability for your defense. So big issues there. I, I look at this defense 
uh, just to kind of wrap up this whole issue, BC let up 30 points per game. You're not going to win many games doing that, but there were so many issues. You had linebackers, you had depth issues at linebacker. Bryce Steele was gone. Jalen Blackwell's gone. <coughs> Excuse me. You had, you, you, you're putting out Sione Hala, Vinny De Palma, and Cam Arnold. Cam Arnold, you're hoping to take that next step, never did. Vinny De Palma is Mr. Reliable, but he's not a game changer. And that was the big issue up and down this defense. You had no game changers at all. And so that was the big down for this year. The offense, I thought, for the most part, was able to put up points. And if the defense could have made a play or two, I think the offense would have been fine. Like, if think about every game. If BC could have had, you know, a, a sack or two or, you know, another interception here or there or fumble recovery, which they seem to never do, the offense would have been enough to get points. But they never got that way. They never were able to do that. And so the defense was a major, major problem this year and i you know they're sitting at six and six right now i see teams like utsa as a potential uh bowl matchup for bc that's a big problem for this defense if they play that team i'm gonna say that right now so the defense was was a major liability now in our moment i'm gonna chat a little bit about uh some of the other things going on in in terms of things on campus we had games we had um for basketball and hockey, I can't wait to talk about both. One's going in one direction, one's going in the other. Now, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offer stays hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action. On Sunday, I looked up FanDuel and I saw that Patriots-Giants um, spread and the uh, over-under of 34 and a half. And I said, this is going to be two teams playing with rocks. And it absolutely was. It was one of the ugliest football games I've ever seen in the NFL. Um, and it didn't get much better as the game wore on, but it, they didn't even get any clo- anywhere close to 34 and a half. So I had a good afternoon. And you can too. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official sports partner of the NFL. LockedOn BC, AJ Black, your team every day here over at LockedOn. If you don't, if you haven't checked it out yet, you can check out LockedOn Celtics. If you're a Celtics fan, John Corrales is one of the best in the, in the nation. Um, he has great insight into the Celtics. Check out his show, Locked on Celtics, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, wrapping things up, let's talk about what's happened over the last week. Now, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, one team that did not have a great Thanksgiving was the BC basketball, men's basketball team. Well, women's basketball, too, because they they lost out the week, too. Uh, but men's basketball, they play in the Hall of Fame Classic. They drew Colorado State, uh, who is a very good team. And lost by double digits to them in the first game. Now, Colorado State then proceeded to beat Creighton, who was number eight in the country. So, you know, take a step back. It's not a bad loss. Colorado State's a very, very good team. They had a kid, Isaiah Stevens, who BC just could not stop. And it was, you know, it was a loss. They were were the better team. That's all you can take from that. 
Now, the second game, the consolation game, BC lost to a team that was not the better team, which is Loyola Chicago. And why did they lose? Well, BC had a nine-point lead going into the final three minutes of the game and proceeded to piss it all away. And they did that <clears throat> by sending Crate, uh, sorry, Loyola Chicago to the free throw line on multiple occasions. They failed to box out. They couldn't shoot. And it was just a it was just a smorgasbord of turds to go over the last three minutes. And then Loyola Chicago hit all their shots and BC loses. So what's the takeaway from this weekend? It it wasn't the type of loss that you've had against Maine and Tarleton State and you know UNH in the last years. But it damn feel felt close because all you had to do was win one of these games. And you're like, OK, we're back in business. It's OK. You lost to a good team. You know, Colorado State looks like a tournament team at this point. You're, it's OK. You can you can handle that. But losing both games is bad because then you're turning around and you're playing in the SEC ACC challenge against Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. And now all of a sudden this game has turned into a must win game for the Eagles. BC's got to figure some stuff out. First of all, their three-point shooting was awful this week. I, I They were shooting at 14% in one of the games. Um, I don't have the game stats right in front of me, but what is it with Earl Grant teams that they cannot shoot three-pointers ever? And they go through these wicked stretches where they just can't shoot the three-point ball. It, it's it's inconceivable the way college basketball and pro basketball is playing right now that you have teams that sh- a team like BC that shoots like that. Because all it takes is another team that can shoot like, I mean, it was Loyola Chicago. I think they were shooting like 42% from three-point range. That difference right there is enough to make you lose games. So they got to figure that out. Now, let's get into some positives because, man, I don't want to be talking negative all game. I mean, this is like two, like a segment and a half of negativity towards BC. And, hey, that's part of our, our DNA at this point, right? You're, you're following BC. You know things are tough. But hockey, who, man, is hockey playing well? They had two games this weekend. They played at Notre Dame and at Harvard. At Notre Dame, BC went out and beat the snot out of the, of the Fighting Irish, 6-1. to one. At Notre Dame. This team then continues. They come home on Sunday. They come home, but then they go down to Cambridge, and they play Harvard, and they beat them 4-1, to one, scoring three goals in uh, the third period. You had Ryan Leonard score two more goals. He has eight, uh, nine on the season now. You got Cutagatier, who had another couple goals. He's second in the country. This team is stacked, and they're playing absolutely great hockey right now. Um, you got Jacob Fowler, their goalie, playing very well. Their defense is setting up the offense. It's it's a it reminds me of some of the better BC hockey teams. The teams like you know. When Gaudreau was here with Kevin Hayes and such, you know, you've got top end talent, but you're, you're, you're spread out through the roster and it makes your team that much more exciting. This team is a, is a buzzsaw right now. I mean, Harvard was number 20 and they just took them to the woodshed that third period. So very, very promising uh, start of the season so far for BC hockey, who right now is number two in the country. They could very well be number one by the end of the next week. So that's all. That's very good news as well. Now I'm going to head out. I hope you guys all had a good Thanksgiving. As I said, there's uh, transfer portal news probably popping soon. Uh, I just put it up on Eagle Insider that um, 
they had Josh Hardy, a defensive lineman who's a redshirt freshman, entered the transfer portal. He played five snaps on special teams last year. I haven't seen him since. So not a huge loss there. And uh, we'll have to wait and see if there's any coaching news. I haven't heard anything about the Halfley stuff. It's Sunday night, so I'm guessing nothing happens. But Duke is about to lose their head coach. Syracuse lost their coach. But BC looks like we'll be going into 24 with Jeff Halfley. So buckle up. This is Locked On BC. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. And we'll see you all again tomorrow at Locked On Boston College. Your team every day.